0: Welcome back to Cast Me To Hell. This is episode 5, part 2. And this is part 2 of our Halloween retrospective. If you listened to us last week, you'll know that we got all the way up to Halloween 5. We're always happy on this show to admit our mistakes, and yeah. we didn't realise it would go on for quite so long.
1: No, definitely not.
0: Yeah, so when we hit the two-hour mark, we decided to save everyone <laughs> from an overly long episode that we would split it into two. And before you treat you with uh, weekly <laughs> little yeah. episodes. <laughs> yeah, so we've got an extra weekly episode this time. Um, yeah, don't get
1: used to it, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're, no. we're not going to treat you that much. <laughs> um, but part two, No, it looks like we go into some good, quite good highs of the halloween series and we also go into some absolute dumpsters (laughs) yes we do so we get a
0: well i'd say it's a two for two almost (laughs) yeah 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 so Uh, we're
1: going to go straight in and we are going to start with halloween six curse of michael myers and this is 1995 so we had a six-year break between films and um, I hope you're sticking with me, because this is about to get convoluted as fuck. Oh, really? <laughs> um, so it was directed by Joe Chappelle, and it was written by Daniel Ferrands. Now, the budget was $5 million, which was similar to the other uh, Halloweens. And the box office for this was $15.1 million. Michael Myers, we have the return of George P. Wilbur, and A. Michael Lerner for the reshoots, of which there was many. So Many, many, many. So buckle up as we prepare to go on this plot (laughs) summary. Um, So six years after being abducted by the man in black, Jamie Lloyd gives birth to a child which is then taken by the man in black, who is the leader of a druid-like cult. A midwife helps Jamie and her child escape, but Michael is released to hunt her down. Jamie calls a local radio station and begs Dr Loomis, who is now retired and lives a solitary life, to come and help her. Michael catches Jamie and kills her, but is unable to find Jamie's baby. Tommy Doyle, one of the children that Laurie Strode was babysitting in 1978, is now grown up and lives as a recluse opposite the Myers house. He's also been spending his time trying to find the origins behind Michael Myers, and he manages to find Jamie's baby and also finds Dr. Loomis and tells him about the new family living in the Myers house. So this new family are related to, to the Strodes and include Cara and her six-year-old son Danny. Tommy informs Cara that he believes Michael Myers is under the Curse of Faun, an old druid ritual in which a child must kill their family on the evening of Samhain Halloween to gain immortality and that he believes Jamie's child is the final sacrifice. Okay, you still with me? <laughs> now, Mrs. Blankenship, who lives with Tommy, reveals that she was babysitting Michael in 1978, and he was hearing a voice telling him to kill his family. She reveals that Kara's son, Danny, is also hearing this, and, he's been, and has been selected by the cult to be the successor to Michael. The cult arrive at the boarding house, um, and several of the community members, including Mrs. Blankenship and Dr. Wynn, who is a colleague of uh, Dr. Loomis, are revealed to be part of the cult. They kidnap Kara and Danny, and they drug Dr. Loomis and Tommy. Dr. Loomis and Tommy eventually track the cult back to Smith's Grove Sanatorium, and Dr. Loomis confronts Dr. Wynn, who reveals that they want to understand and harness the power of Thorn. He invites Loomis to join them, as Loomis was the first to recognise the pure evil within Michael. Dr. Loomis refuses and is knocked out. Tommy frees Kara from the maximum security ward and they're chased by Michael. They find Dr. Wynn, who is about to perform some kind of medical procedure, on Danny and Jamie's baby. Uh, Michael turns on the colt and kills him. Tommy and Kara manage to inject Michael Myers with corrosive somehow and beat him with a metal pipe before escaping. Dr. Loomis goes back to finish things and finds Michael's mask on the floor. The film ends with Dr. Loomis screaming and both of their fates unknown. Okay, I'm gonna give you a little break. (laughs) Yeah, fucking hell. So you can tell straight away how
0: convoluted this plot was now this film went through so many it went through reshoots rewrites and Overall when they did test screenings the film was pretty poorly received So they decided they need to go back and then on top of that they had the sad it's easier to go into the behind the scenes to kind of start this off because they had the sad loss of Donald Pleasance before they could do the reshoots, which then kind of tied their hands even more because yeah. what they'd planned to do, they could no longer do. And there are several cuts of this film out there. There is a director's cut, there's a producer's cut, and there's yeah. the theatrical cut. The theatrical one is the one that most people will have seen. The producer's cut was a, well, it was hard to get for years. It was kind of like a back alley kind of yeah. videotape, pirati- pirated, pirated, Uh, the director's one is not really available but the producer's one
1: you can now get on the american blu-ray which i'm still annoyed that we don't have (laughs) yeah i know man and it came out in 2014 that one yes and the really interesting thing is um yeah like you know like you're saying um this film the production of it was so bad you know apparently um so they recast daniel harris in the first So she was recast. She was about 17 at the time um, and, you know, was originally attached to it. However, she declined after being only offered a thousand dollars and being told that she wouldn't be getting any more. She was going to be killed in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, which, I remember yeah. hearing about that
0: because she was. Um, she actually got herself because she was seventeen years old. She still wasn't old enough to actually be part of it, no. so she got herself emancipated. Yeah, which she said cost
1: more than a thousand dollars to do, which is madness. Yeah,
0: so she had to do that for them, and then the producers basically treated her like shit and yeah. said that, oh, like uh, why would we pay you more for, a, you know, as we said, for like twenty minutes worth of scenes. So they just went and got someone else. And yeah. That was a big slap in the face to uh, Definitely. Jamie Lloyd. And I think she wasn't the only one that was annoyed by that. As People on the production were also quite pissed that that oh, was man. the role they take because a lot of them had worked with Jamie Lloyd as a child.
1: And here's what Joe, you know, what apparently else happened, because filming was such a nightmare. Apparently the director, Joe Chappelle, rewrote the ending on set whilst filming. He would send people home when they were still needed, and he rewrote dialogue and action scenes on set before they started shooting them. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how fucking mad that is. I know.
0: And it was already, to be fair, that Halloween 5 had left them with such a mess to fix. Yeah. And um, the writer who I haven't got the name here for the actual. This isn't the director. The writer actually said that he contacted the the writers of Halloween 5 and they came back to him and said, we didn't really have any plans for it. We just kind of wrote it as it was. So basically they left him with Ah, a giant mess,
1: which would have been Michael Jacobs. Dominique O'Fingerard and Shem Bitterman Uh,
0: Um, and so they'd left him with this giant mess to have to fix and he'd always been very much in the vein that he liked, The, the writer said he'd been very much in the vein that he liked the original feel of the original film where it was much more human but because of the familial ties that had happened and the supernatural stuff, they were so far away from that that he decided they might as well just go full in on the whole the curse and the druid because he was like it's already... I can't just ignore it. Yeah. So he decided we have to go full into it. And this is yeah. where the problem with the producer's cut came, where at the test screening they felt it was so convoluted with all of this fawn, druid kind of background yeah. that the test audience just couldn't enjoy it because it was so much about that. So they had to edit it and...
1: And, out. yeah, <laughs> and, and the, you know, the... um the whole third act had to be reshot Yeah, uh, and the problem with that is obviously um, Donald Pleasance had unfortunately passed away so with a lot of the shots including him had to be kind of shot around it and you get it just gets really disjointed in the kind of in the third act when uh, Dr. Wind kind of reveals himself to Loomis and kind of tries to convince him they can't show them in in the same shot together yeah. and it just feels so stilted and feels so weird, <laughs> and it, the whole thing just feels incredibly off. Um, and so, the the actual ending of the um, of the original producers yes. cut co- concluded with um, Donald Pleasant's character, Doctor Loomis, kind of taking on the role of the cult leader.
0: Yeah, Doctor Wynne was dead on the ground, and yeah. on his wrist, on Doctor Loomis's wrist, appeared that same thorn symbol that Michael has and that's where the scream that you hear at the end of the theoretical cut is actually used to imply Dr. Loomis's death in the theoretical yeah. cut and the producers cut that screaming because he now knows that he has to be the one to take care of Michael or the yeah. next the next child with the like within the cult kind of thing and it's just this film whole <laughs> film is just such a fucking dumpster fire i mean i think a lot i can understand why the third act was saying because in a way the first two acts don't overdo it with it and then finally in the third act it just kind of piles it all onto you you're yeah. inside the cult you're trying to work out all these things it's still very present in the theatrical cut but it's in the uh produce in the producer's cut it was full on I've, I've read back and forth about like all the different ways that they went about it and it was very full on and in the original script draft Danny was actually meant to kill Kara, his mum. I thought
1: Danny... Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, Danny's yeah, Danny. the, the boy, I keep, yeah. I forgot I didn't write down the name of the baby because it's so irrelevant. Uh, Steven. Steven, Stephen, yeah. Stephen What the do baby? you name a fucking yeah. baby, Steven? But, yeah, so Danny
0: killed Kara in the original <laughs> yeah. script, and then they said that, oh, that was too... You can't have the child kill the mum. I think that was Akkad
1: again not yeah. Not liking an over, over-the-top violence or oh, child yeah. violence, that kind of thing. The whole film is just... I mean, and that's the weird thing is that one of the pros for me... Is obviously this is Paul Rudd's first film. I'll I'll touch on his portrayal of Tommy Doyle in a minute, but Michael Myers is actually really good in this film.
0: Yeah, he's yeah, he, he yeah, is well yeah. done. He's well shot. Yeah, he's well shot. He he's menacing. He's in the shadows. He's, yeah,
1: he's, he's he pops up and appears, and uh, the, some of the kills are really cool. Yeah, and and the the gore level feels about right. You know, when he blows that dude's head up that is awesome <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's such a cool death. you know
0: yeah it's it i found i found the deaths quite inventive in this film and i think it's almost too bad because i do look at a lot of things and say this actually could have been really good it could have been it has a family basis with the strode families which i actually quite like so that it kind of goes back in a way that it gives you a whole family to kind of learn yeah, about it was kind you know of okay. and cara is an all right leading lady you know she works perfectly fine yeah she she's a suit you know she's perfect you know, and bring right. back tanning Tanny, Tanny. <laughs> Tommy Doyle Bring back Tommy Doyle into the mix you know I think was a good was a good idea it just it's, it's all bogged down by the curse of Michael Myers and not like, only that
1: but like the editing of this film is so weird like oh, you have yeah. random jump shots and then you have random shots of like an, you like, can tell knives have, and, yeah and they like in the producer's cut when you listen, apparently, a lot of the soundtrack is still of the original kind of soundtrack and mm. f- good feeling. Whereas in this one, there's loads of like generic '90s grunge songs, <laughs> yeah, <there are> some, <laughs> which just yeah. feels so out of
0: place. It, yeah, it, you can just tell it's been pieced back together with yeah. what they had left, and I'm I'm sure it was a nightmare. And fair play to the director for actually pulling anything off. To be fair, because it sounds like it was. Yeah, fucking, um, and, But There are yeah. some, as we, as you mentioned, there are some pros. Um, the death scene in the when they're in the, when they're actually in the at the end when yeah, in and, the he
1: central, the, and he and betrays and he the
0: cult. Yeah, and inside of the medical room kind of thing when he's killing all those. I thought that was a really cool scene where he's killing all of the like doctors and nurses. That's in the really room.
1: cool. It was like quick, but you could tell he was just going on a rampage in there. But... And I like that, but the editing was so weird for that as well. Yeah, and the bit before that where he's. You know, where he's chasing Tommy and Kara. And there's, like, a random nurse there. Like, some random dude. Like, I don't know if he was a doctor or a nurse or what he's doing. It's just, like, some old man who's in there. And they're running through, like, a red corridor. Yeah, And they're running. And this dude's, like, limping. And Michael's not running, but he's not walking. He's doing, like, this weird speed walk. And it looks so... It uh, just yeah. looks so weird.
0: It, yeah, there are a lot of scenes that just, like, seem so off. Um, and you can put a lot down that like, to Eds and stuff, but at the same time, I do think it's better shot than Halloween 5 was. I do think just visually, it looks nicer. Michael works better. They kind of understand how Michael should yeah, move. Yeah, well, I think he's Michael's great. Far better, Michael's really good is this acted film. acted far better. That's um,
1: George P. Welber. George P. Welber. Oh, there boy.
0: George P. Welber. So that is all much better in this film. Um, Paul Rudd paul oh man. he's on mine so paul rodd might have he's on a bit your of pros a, or cons he's on my pros okay because i think he's trying his best with what he's got yeah um and i also think although because i know for a fact that a lot of his stuff was cut so there was a lot more that was meant to be to his story so originally tommy doyle was meant to come back as like almost like a new loomis in a way but okay. kind of like a a van Helsing kind of protector kind yeah. of thing so he was looking out so a lot of the scenes that seem really cre- creepy were actually meant to explain through they had flashbacks that were meant to show tommy doyle kind of growing up and how what his life had been like and also they were meant to show so you've got that creepy scene where he's staring at cara through the window yeah. which comes across really creepy but i also thought at the same time if you think about it he's not looking at car he's looking at the house he's watching the house because he's being that protector he's waiting for michael myers to return because he knows that he'll return to the myers house yeah which has been explained several times and he does always seem to pop back about his house and it's the same thing with um you know um after he watches over the house you've got lots of like he was kind of traumatized element to him and i just I could understand the reason for why he's kind of weird. I also even understand the baby, why he would keep the baby, because he knows the history of Michael Myers. He knows whoever he hands this baby off to are getting butchered.
1: Yeah. So if
0: he hands that baby off to anyone else, like who could he hand it off to? If you you think about all the previous films, no one's safe from Michael. So if he'd hand it off to anyone, at least he knows what he's working with. If he just goes and hands it off to the police station or something like that, all that would happen is Michael would walk in there and butcher them all and kill them all. The only one that I can't really explain is the weird fact that he sat there with Danny and that's a bit like,
1: you don't know this boy. (laughs) See, that's the thing. I mean, you explain it quite well. You explain it rationally. And like you said, they should have had some of the exposition I think if
0: they had more of that stuff, but his arc was they they said his arc was cut down uh, to like i just yeah i really just get scary. massive
1: nonce vibes from him you know <laughs> <laughs> i do, and obviously because f- we do have american listeners uh nonce is a pedophile <laughs> or a pedophile but i just i don't know it's just like there's that scene where he's staring out of the window and it looks like he's staring at them and then the bit where he just like jumps out at the boy and makes him drop the pumpkin and i get that's supposed to be like because he dropped the pumpkin yeah but it's just weird and like you said like he just finds a baby and he just holds on to it and he <laughs> lives at the this boarding house with this weird old woman yeah. and then like you said like imagine if you came home and you walk into like your well, the you walk into is far too calm to walk into a random
0: guy like in yeah the you, house. Not that, even random, that bit is the weird, weird yeah
1: the weird dude who lives opposite you is but in a room with your like five-year-old like, six-year-old son
0: again it, they do try <laughs> to explain it by saying that he's in there because he's basically he's wants them to get out of the house yeah but you know actually, what i mean yeah. and i just feel like like even like like i said like as he's watching the house and things like that he is just kind of trying to look out for michael he lives with that woman mainly because it's the house across from the yeah. street from the myers house can't get the impression it's all there like... we just don't build it <laughs> they just don't build it this is she's this. like his probation officer it's where this has been edited That's the way yeah. <laughs> yeah so it seems weird like it's yeah. just been edited so i think it's easy to look at it creepy but i think if it had been edited properly it would be a little bit less weird and they did actually. They were actually originally planning to uh, ask the original actor back.
1: Well, he's coming back for the next film, apparently. Well, uh, I don't no, know if the no, original they've actor recast actor him. Become... The, oh, yeah, okay.
0: he's back in the next one, but they've had to recast him. Yeah. Um, because um, they were actually going to ask the actor back, but. The 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 producers who were hired to like find like sort him out they couldn't find him. Oh, wow. So the plan was we're going to give him lots of money. We want the original guy back, and they couldn't find him. Well, he's probably just a
1: dude, isn't he? Yeah,
0: and then he in the new in the in the next sequel he is back, um, played by Anthony Michael Hall, who you know from yeah. like the Black Breakfast Club
1: and stuff like that. It would have been quite cool to have Paul Rudd come back.
0: Yeah, I, apparently they did want Paul Rudd to come back, um, but because he was doing Ghostbusters, he couldn't make he couldn't do it, oh, and. Man. He probably didn't have the best experience to be fair. Yeah, I mean it, it sounds it, like a fucking He probably out. they they might not have wanted to link it with that, but someone did say because David Gordon Green, who directed the most recent Halloween
1: for is good friends with Paul Redd. So yeah. they but, probably asked, but he smoked it was weed enough. all the time. <laughs> and I mean a last little bit of uh trivial behind the scenes stuff before we we jump off this dumpster fire. Um so the place the oh, what do I say that? That's me writing the 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 I've i put the placeholder. I mean I mean the placeholder title yeah. <laughs> was Halloween 666, mm-hmm. the origin of Michael Myers, which obviously is not a good name. Um, and the studio couldn't decide on a name for the film, and writer Daniel Farans um joked that because of how bad production was, it should be called the Curse of Michael Myers. Yeah, which is pretty cool. But then I think it i think mustafa a Card probably s- spins it off that it's based on the whole um one of the earlier universal monsters which had the you know the return revenge and then the curse yeah. i can't remember which one it was but he that was his spin on it but daniel Ferran was like no nah, this so, has oh, been so, dog it shit, so it's been called the curse
0: yeah but it, like uh, all i can say positively for it is that because of the more in- inventive kills and because it kind of They've had to edit it down so that the pace moves pretty fast. I did enjoy watching it probably more than Halloween 5. I enjoyed... No, like, I don't know, man. I enjoyed the look. At it, I enjoyed the characters more because they were at least a little bit more fleshed out than they were in the last one. And some of the deaths are so over the top. Like well, my best kill, yeah, John Strode. Code? Yeah, that's got to be mine. So over the top with the exploding head. Yeah. But it was just yeah you're just watching it like okay that, i mean it's silly anyway so you're just yeah. like yeah just go yeah for, go for it, it. and he's
1: such a bell end of a character isn't he
0: yeah he is a, he's an <laughs> asshole you know he's died the second you meet him but yeah. you're just like oh how is he going to die and i was surprised that his wife was
1: actually dead before him. yeah i thought he was going to be first to die but yeah nah, no it just gets his head exploded man and if you haven't seen that check out on youtube because it's just so funny um but, am I mass, uh, have you oh, is yours the same best kill yeah, mine's yeah. the same best skill. Mask
0: Still level. Mask. The mask. So the face is looking pretty good in this one. Yeah. The actual mask itself looks pretty good. My actual problem actually goes away from that. So I'm pretty going with it's looking pretty good in this one. It's one of the better masks. But the body, the a guy player, the George P. Wilbur... It doesn't. His body doesn't look right. He looks like Grandpa Myers. You good enough. Yeah, he looked all small and bunched, and he just looked like he was moving around really. Like it wasn't so much the movements were bad. He was fine in the movements, but I just couldn't get with the. The body type just looked weird. It looked very like. Not bulked up; it was like bulked out kind of thing. It
1: just yeah, he looked like an old man in the costume. Well, apparently he may have been an old man. <laughs> I, d- <laughs> I, don't I, don't I don't know what he looks like, but apparently he was really he was really hench. And he was really in good shape. So the guy who did the reshoots, it might have just been the yeah. the the, the bodysuit that he's in just well, makes it, it, it look more baggy. Well, the guy who did the reshoots had to have padding to make him look yeah
0: bigger. It like. might just be in some scenes where it looks worse. Where Maybe they padded it so it looks like he's
1: kind of not so much bulky as he yeah, kind of. And this is where his hair starts to get, like, a bit weird as well, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. It goes from being, like, slipped-back American Psycho to, like, borderline Afro. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, take us away with H20. Yes,
0: let's go. Halloween, H20, 20 years later. Uh, That's from 1998. The director is Steve Miner, and it's written by Robert Zapier and Matt Greenberg, although Kevin Williamson has a big credit on this story for this. Although it doesn't in the film, but he's credited outside of that. The budget is seven was seventeen million, and the box office was seventy five million. So we're kind of returning to the a big hitter with this one, yeah. With the return of Jamie Curse, uh, Michael Myers was uh, Chris Durand. Uh, let's go into the plot summary. So this is basically a forget everything you've known about Halloween, as this retcons the previous Halloweens, and follows on twenty years later, just from Halloween two. So only the first two films count. The film opens up with Marion Chambers, who has been caring for Dr. Loomis, who is now deceased. Arriving at his home, finds that he has been ransacked. Her neighbour Jimmy goes in and finds that Loomis's office has been raided and his file on Laurie Strode Road has been stolen. Michael Myers, who has been missing for the past 20 years, appears and kills Marion and the neighbours. And having finally tracked down Laurie's whereabouts, steals Marion's car and heads towards Laurie. Laurie is now living in California under the name Carrie Tate as the headmistress of a boarding school. Laurie has a 17-year-old son named John. They have a strained relationship and Laurie is suffering with PTSD, however, haunted by the events that took place in 1978. The campus is planning a trip to... Yosemite, <laughs> Yosemite. I couldn't remember what I <laughs> which leaves the school <laughs> relatively empty. However, John and his friends plan on staying behind and having a Halloween party, leaving Laurie, her partner Will, who is the guidance counselor, Ronnie, the security guard, and John, his girlfriend, and their friends, left at the campus. Michael manages to get past Ronnie and enters into the and enters into the school, killing John's friends. Laurie reveals her real name and history to John. To Will.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, Michael manages to get past Ronnie and enters him. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. I was like, okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, um, the history of Will and panics when she realizes that she was 17 when Michael attacked her and that John has just turned 17. Michael Myers chases John, which leads him and Laurie to come face to face for the first time in 20 years. Laurie eventually overcomes her fears and fights Michael, leaving him incapacitated. Police arrive, however Laurie escapes with Michael's body in the ambulance, just as he regains consciousness. Laurie crashes the ambulance, trapping Michael with a tree. She then decapitates him, Michael, with an axe. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I Much think. Much more concise again. We're yeah. away from the
1: convoluted plots now a bit. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is the first kind of retconning of the series. And for me, I, you know, I remember like not watching this film for a while and kind of not thinking to, it was that good. um But for me, I remember the intro of this film being re- is really strong. I think when we go to, when we're at Loom's house and we see. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Gordon-Levitt. I was going to yeah, call him George, Joseph, Joseph Levitt. But <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. When we see him, I think he plays that really annoying bratty teenager really yeah, well. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy. And I think that whole, that whole scene's really well done. Yeah, it does um, work. And I think, you know, we, had, we kind of glazed over a bit of the, uh, a bit of the fight by just saying Laurie confronts her fears. But yeah. the actual bit where Laurie realises Michael Myers is here is, uh, I think, that's where the film... Escalates up really well, and yeah. they have a really good. You know, he's chasing her. They have a really tense show-off, which I think is great. Um, a lot of this film, it it kind of it straddles the line between being a kind of a very very 90s horror, but also yeah. being quite good. And you know, I think that Laurie's trauma feels really real in this, and the hints of the alcoholism for me are a really good touch. When I first watched this um, years ago. And I remember, you know, the scene where she's with Will and they're talking about kind of, you know, you have to get past it and move on. Yeah. Um, and she drinks, you know, she has a glass of wine and then when he goes away, she nets a glass necks of wine it, and orders yeah, yeah. another one. I was, at first I was like, why'd she do that? And then I was like, oh, it's so that... You know, yeah. Will doesn't see her having another drink. Yeah, and, and she's it felt, coping you know. with it more today than she ever normally and, has yeah, to. Do, and yeah, and she's yeah, hiding so she's it really from people. And I thought that was really well done. And the relationship between Laurie and John, who was played by... Uh, Josh Hartner. Josh Hartner. I couldn't remember his name then. And this is the time when Josh Hartner was kind of in most things. Yeah, faculty, faculty great film from around, around the, around same, the time. same time yeah
0: same year in fact i think
1: and i thought that was done really well yeah
0: he, he he was on the rise as well he was coming becoming quite big at the time um i do think you're right it was done really well the opening is fantastic and laurie's depiction in this film is you can tell that jamie lee curtis had a big hand in this because yeah. she did have quite a bit of well she wanted creative control but she didn't get full creative control because of M- Mustafa Askan. yeah but um she did really want this to be the final chapter. She wanted yeah. to build this into the like the end of
1: the story that had to- been told before. Yeah. And that's what she was sold when she came onto the film. And I think the the after the opening scene, you know, when you have the detectives and they're looking at the board and it's Loomis's board trying yeah. to track Michael and that he's still alive and that kind of stuff, it sets the sets the scene. And then we all love the Halloween theme, you know, and throughout each you know, throughout each film they have have a its own different spin on it but this one has like an orchestral version of the halloween theme and yes, it really it, it sets the tone for this film i think it does it's beautifully there's quite
0: though. a few um i'm going to come back to the score later because there's quite a few little facts that i found out about the score um but we'll save that towards after we've talked a bit more about the film so um i mean there's a strange thing with this film where as as much as I remember loving it, it it turns out it wasn't actually as that critically well received. Yeah. So people didn't love it. They didn't. They thought it was quite watered down. They thought it was a bit underwhelming. No, I agree I, with them. I can kind of aspects. see. I can kind of see it. It it is a bit at times. We go back to that kind of tameness that we maybe saw in Halloween Four. Um, but at the same time, this film gives plenty of time to breathe. You know what I mean? The pace is. I'm not going to say slow, because it does move quite quick, but it gives more time to Laurie. Yeah. You get a lot of time with Laurie to get to know what a character's like now. And what and to the be past fair, you've got with the, her, or, yeah. you you have that in the You've got that in the original film. You've got quite a bit of time with Laurie to get to know what she's like. Yeah. And this film really does flesh out her character and her relationship with John. Yeah, when she's talking about the
1: dad being a methadone addict and that yeah, kind of we stuff. We have quite
0: a lot of those scenes, and you don't get... The other sequels really didn't give you any of those kind of scenes where you had long conversations about who they are. Um, I would say at times it does kind of feel like you see so much of Laurie and you see so much of Fat, which is a very good thing, and it does kind of go back to Michael being a bit in the background. You got so used to Michael kind of in the sequels kind of being a quite a big presence in a way like you see him quite a lot it's like he's he's almost the star at this point They're you know, like make sure michael's well, yeah. all over it
1: well at that point i think the slashers had become the stars you know
0: yeah but in this one they do kind of push him back a little bit um and there's quite a lot of interesting points especially as we're thinking for the you know that this film this this film has kind of been redone in a way in a way yeah. because the 2018 film that we're going to talk about is there's quite a lot of similarities between yeah, points in this film, even scenes in this film, and that one. And as I said, it does kind of feel like the next one is the one that Jamie Lee Curtis really wanted to make, and this is the one that she had to settle for yeah. because of the
1: problems again. Again, they had problems with production. Yeah, and I think um, the another good thing of this film is when you have some of the shots of Laurie imagining Michael you know, and like she's looking in the, she's looking out of the window, and she sees Michael kind of behind her. Yeah. She's at the shop, and she sees Michael behind her. And it it's good that it kind of blends those bits together. And when Michael actually gets to the campus, and she, like there's a bit where she's imagining she's seeing him, and he's staring at her, and then she's you know closing her eyes and that. Yeah. And he he actually walks away. She opens them, and she's like, "Oh, yeah. it's not actually." Here. He was you know? actually there. Yeah. yeah. It's really nice. I quite touches. Like that. But I mean. Have you got any more pros? Um, yeah, well, um,
0: I like that it actually kind of made, as we've said, there were so many different timelines in these film where oh, yeah. each one's kind of gone in a way. And obviously this ignores the fact that Jamie was the daughter. I know that in the, in the earlier script that Jamie Lloyd is Laurie's daughter. Yeah. In an earlier version of the script, they did actually have her yeah, as part of the film, I know Daniel House was very disappointed to find out that they decided to go away from those because yeah. they didn't want to. They didn't want all of that. And Kevin Williamson's original story did have her in it because he liked those films, yeah. but they decided no, let's streamline it and go back to Halloween Two. Well, we've and kind of actually glazed over that fact, haven't we? So we did kind of yeah, yeah we, we kind of forgot, forgot to mention that yeah. earlier. J yes, Jamie Lloyd for Halloween Four was in fact her daughter and in that film it does say that uh, that laurie strode was killed in a car 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 accident which is actually referenced as her alibi in halloween h2o so she died so you can see the link was there they just got rid of the jamie lloyd part of it but i like the fact that it makes it its own timeline trilogy it actually yeah. works as a trilogy. You could watch 1, 2 and H2O and it's a trilogy of its own. Yeah, You could forget about the rest and it's its own little trilogy. And it's a good little trilogy. You know, it's an enjoyable little trilogy. Yes, enjoyable little romp. Um, I like that Laurie doesn't let it go in the end when Michael's... Dead, yeah, okay. she throws him into the van, she takes over, she drives off of him. I like the fact that, and I like the well, the ending's great anyway, yeah. The ending worked, um, but I like the fact that she's so like, no, he's not
1: dead. I'm you know, I'm getting, yeah. I'm taking him away from it and I'm finishing him. Definitely, I like that, but then it does open up a potential problem for the, the next part. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get to that, it, that,
0: yeah, um, but yeah, at the same time, yeah, as we said, that that should have really
1: been the end as we're going into the ending, yeah. um. One thing that I didn't like, and obviously I understand why they did it, but for me, they showed Michael Myers' eyes too much. Yeah, you know, I don't like. I like when they have the mask and you can just see the darkness in it. But when they show his eyes, um, I, I get why they did it because they want to kind of make him more human and humanize him, that kind of stuff. But for the actual most part, I think it. Sometimes he just he looks almost comical when, it's, yeah. especially when the. When the mask's hair is kind of like all frizzy, that it just looks a bit comical. It's to a, me.
0: it's a pro. Well, it's a problem. This this film had a big problem with
1: masks. Yeah,
0: man. They could. It's even referred to as Maskgate because the film has a mask continuity nightmare. Near the beginning of the film, they actually used the mask from Halloween Six. Yeah. In an early scene, uh, and then later on, they have a the portal mask when you know when uh, Laurie and oh, yeah. Jamie see each other for the, and yeah Michael door. see each other for the first time. Uh, there's a little bit of the shot where it's a slightly different mask, yeah. where it's got dark eyes instead of, which is very obvious because dark eyes. Whereas the main mask use, as you said, has the very bad. You can clearly see his, eyes. See his eyes. Yeah, um, yeah. So we had that one as well, the large or the main mask that he uses, and then we also have the CGI mask. Yeah, when the character Charlie, I believe, is killed in the, um, yeah, in, the- in the kitchen. kitchen um there's a scene where he had they had to cgi because they couldn't change
1: it so they had to cgi so like, like, and it is it is bad it is noticeable um and that's and for me that's one of the other things about this film is a lot of the actual kills are relatively tame and they're very bloodless yeah and i know that they, they're kind of trying to hop t- back to the original days yeah. but for me i just it just i don't think it works particularly
0: no and i think it's um, this is one of those things where i was kind of mentioned and i think talking about this film I and mean, you, you kind of got to do a little winks to the latest one purely yeah. because i feel like the latest one learned from the mistake that yep, if you're way. going to do it you can't just copy the original because audiences are used to more after you've had several sequels of michael slashing people in blood and gore and you can't just go back to an untamed that, yeah. slow pace of like the suspense. The suspense is better in this film. Yeah, the they build up the suspense well. So it does go back to that. It goes back to good shots of Michael and the shadows, things like that. When the mask isn't looking terrible. Yeah. Um. But it does completely forget that it needs to mature up a bit for the the audiences, and it didn't do that. And I think that's yeah. why people were underwhelmed by it because it just wasn't that creepy or scary in a time when you know they were they were very used to blood and gore and. This film is so... like This film was kind of partially like... It's so... You scream as a template. Yeah. And they've said that see. several times. The I poster looks like... The scream like poster.
1: It has a similar soundtrack. Or doesn't it use it, some of the soundtrack?
0: Yeah, this is what I was going to say about the soundtrack earlier. So... um the producers so this was a little thing about the score which you said you really liked the the, I like John, the John Altman one. did the orchestra yeah, score I like that and that was meant to run throughout the film he did a whole thing and the producers didn't like it because they compared it to films like Scream which was like literally that Scream had just been like released a, like a year or years, so ago 96 was like so yeah. two years before this one and uh, it became the template for all the slasher films. Yeah. Definitely. So they looked at it and went, "Oh, it doesn't sound. It's not. It's not. It's not action. It's, it's not, not active enough." enough. <laughs> and it, it really like I, I didn't. I was watching it and really like in the opening with Mar- uh, Marion and Doctor Loomis's house. Yeah. I was just like, "What is this music? I know this music really well, and this isn't Halloween music." And I was like, "That scream. That screams music." <laughs> and apparently, the producers disliked Ottomans like orchestral score they didn't like it they didn't yeah. like the fact that it was kind of like that and they said oh nowadays you've got to have more music more hip, like more so Grunge. they actually used the score from scream one scream two and *Glamour uh, guillermo del Toro's mimic on the soundtrack and wow. it does become it's like it, it, it pops in and out weirdly and it doesn't match the rest of the score yeah and you can't even get the score for Utterman's score like most of them because they literally didn't even properly release it in most countries because it wasn't even used in the film except for that one main part, uh, which was a huge kick in the teeth to him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. Because um, even at one point they used the psycho theme because Janet Lear does a cameo um, uh, Yeah. as the receptionist in the film. So they used the psycho music in the background <laughs> oh, as well. Fucking hell. And it's just like a big patchwork of different music. Yeah. Um, so it's really weird that they would go with that way with it but again it's it's not the only thing about this film where they kind of got lost in the comparing it to other
1: films instead of making their own ideas and one one of the biggest cons for me is LL Cool J man (laughs) what the fuck is LL Cool J doing in this film why did every like 90s and early 2000s horror film have to have an R and B artist, in it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know why it is. It's because it, the, it's LL cool the producers Jay. were like, "Oh, if we
0: get a rap star, it'll get our, like a different audience into our film that don't yeah. normally come to a
1: white horror slash effect." But why is LL Cool J like? Did they just say to him, we want you to play a security guard? And he was like, yeah, cool. What I'm going to do is I'm going to write erotic fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know he's weird. I, I don't know. I find it. I find him harmless.
0: He's not that, but he's not over the top. And we've got a much worse case coming up of this. I liked him in
1: Deep Blue Sea. I was going to say, you and can't I liked, kill uh, him in horror. Yeah. And I liked. See uh, Deep Blue yeah, Sea. <laughs> yeah, see Deep Blue Sea. And I liked Usher in The Faculty. <laughs> but
0: Yeah, he's not really. Yeah, he's not. I forgot he was in that. He's yeah. not really noticeable. I like Kelly
1: Rowlands in. Uh, Freddy, versus, Freddy Jason. versus Jason. A lot of people don't. I like her, but I t- oh, there's something about L O Cool J in this film that I just don't like.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and, I, I don't feel like he makes a big
1: enough impact to be. And noticed. that he survives as well. Like he gets shot. He gets shot in the head a couple, couple of times. Kind of like, yeah, and he survives. I mean, Michael Myers survives. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the big twist.
0: I don't know. It, it could very much be a bias if we didn't want to kill this guy for Probably. whatever reasons. You know what I mean? It, you don't know how. They but were.
1: that, that for me is just. Oh. So, um... Let's have some behind the scenes, man.
0: Yeah, behind the scenes. So, um, I'm going to jump on to... So, uh, Kevin Williamson originally wrote the story, which included a continuation of the storyline from 4 to 6, as I mentioned before, uh, which had Laurie Strode faking her death. The original title was Halloween
1: 7, The Revenge of Laurie Strode. And there was going to be an interesting part, apparently, because there's some classroom scenes. um, And one of them was going to be them talking about Michael Myers and how he had killed uh jamie lloyd and that kind of stuff and that would have been quite interesting to see it but ultimately obviously that got retconned
0: yeah but Uh, yeah apparently they did film certain scenes like that and decided to cut them which Um, would have been interesting yeah so john carpenter was actually originally on board to direct this film um and jamie because jamie lee curtis really agreed to it because she thought she'd get to reunite the cast and reunite the creators and John Carpenter requested 10 million for a free picture deal because him and Mustafa Akkad had a big falling out yeah. over money because he hadn't been paid back ends for Halloween even though it made as we said a ton of money. Yeah. Um and he asked for a free picture deal to make up for that. Um and for the like Cl- top of the revenue for the original this was de- denied by the weinsteins and the cad which resulted in come quitting and steve minor coming aboard uh jamie lee curtis almost quit the, the project before film was started as the cad had a clause
1: in his contract meaning that michael myers could not be killed and obviously jamie wanted the series to end and yeah. not have any hints at a sequel of course. Which is where um this whole kind of paramedic switch was created by Williamson to keep both parties happy. Yeah. And the scene was shot the day after principal photography had been completed. Yeah. And so a- yeah. And apparently
0: Williamson literally had like hours to fix this problem. Because yeah. or she would have walked. Because she was that unhappy. So it's Yeah. Fair play, because uh, Williamson apparently had to touch things all throughout, even though at the same time he was... This is the same time that he was pretty much fixing Scream 2 from (laughs) rewriting from scratch. He had to come onto this film, which he'd agreed to, and go in and fix. There were like storyboard problems, rewrites. He was like in the background of everything, trying to keep this film together from being a disaster like The Curse of Michael Myers. And you can't help but feel that there's something wrong with the producers here, where they're putting too much of their... It does feel like Mustafa Akkad comes back a lot as the problem of these films because yeah. they keep saying about producers stepping in and saying no, you can't do this, and then that makes them have to completely change their course, which is never good in like no, film. Never it, good in a film. Um, I noticed that uh, Doctor Loomis's voiceover. I did notice that at the be- over the beginning. It's not. It's don- not. It's him, not so. Donald Pleasance. It's an
1: act. It's a voice actor called and Tom Kane. And I think they did that for. Halloween 2018, didn't they? they I think they, the yeah, they do it again in well.
0: 2018 as well. Yeah,
1: just to well, to be fair,
0: he's not around to do it. Like he's not around to be there. Yeah. Um, so yeah,
1: um it's a twisted. Should we talk about the ending of the film? Yeah, because it it works perfectly for the sequel, um the inevitable sequel. So obviously at the end of um, Halloween H2O, uh, Michael Myers has been defeated and. Um, you know, we assume that he's dead. As Seb said earlier, Laurie Strode's like, No, he's not dead and she abducts the ambulance that um that he's in. And as she's driving, Michael gets up, um, kind of like the Undertaker, <laughs> you know, he like rises up in the back of the ambulance and I think he tries to attack Laurie, doesn't he? He does, yes. Which causes Laurie to swerve off the road and take the um take the ambulance off road and it kind of flips and goes everywhere. Michael comes out, and he's trapped between an, an ambulance and a tree. And Laurie sees this as an opportunity. She gets an axe, and she beheads him. Yep. So that is, you know, that was the end, apparently.
0: Oh, we didn't oh. say best
1: kill. Oh, best kill, yeah. Sorry, uh,
0: best kill. Uh, who's your best
1: kill? My best kill is the, uh, the guidance counsellor, Will
0: yeah it's mine too that's mine that's a it's a clear reference to halloween 2 i think yeah definitely the same kind of death pulled off quite nicely he lifts him although he does lift him up quite uh, really quite high yeah he lifts him quite high and and will's quite a big guy isn't he? yeah but he pops out in the same kind of way he pops out but to be fair it it works better than halloween 2 in the way that You build more of a connection with Will than you did in Halloween. And it's set up quite well
1: because, um, you know, Jamie and Will are on the run from Michael and they see a shadow around the corner. So, Will takes Dory's gun and he starts popping caps. Yeah. And, you know, it reminds me of that um, episode of It's Always of Philadelphia, where, where Frank Reynolds is like, so anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> it is like that. <laughs> so, he starts shooting at it. It reveals to be Ronnie LL Cool J, who comes around the corner and he gets shot. Yeah. And when he goes to check on Ronnie, um, Michael pops out and stabs him in the back and holds him up for Lloyd to see. And kills him pretty, pretty sweetly, yeah. and then he pursues Laurie. Yes. Um, mask level. Oh, for mask me level. this well. Where do you start? I, I, well, my, uh, this is the pro- so I just mine
0: is literally. <laughs> whose mask is it anyway? Because <laughs> I don't have a clue. It's yeah. yeah, it's
1: that all over the place. Which mask is it anyway? Yeah. Okay, um Halloween Resurrection. Halloween Resurrection. Oh, we've done this in the weird order that you get the good ones and I and I get the dumpster fires, man. <laughs> so Halloween Resurrection, two thousand and two. Um directed by Rick Rosenfall. If you'll remember he did Halloween two back in nineteen eighty one. And it's written by Larry Brand and Sean Hood. Now the budget for this one was Relatively quite high, you know, fifteen mm. million, um, and it went on to earn thirty-seven point six million at the box office. And Michael Myers here is played by Brad Loree. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and where do man, where do I even start with this film? Like the plot summary for this is so short because it's just it's. I mean, for me, it's that's not too many Yeah. Uh, so three years after the events of halloween h2o uh laurie strode has been in a psychiatric unit and the flashback reveals that the man she killed at the end of h2o was actually a paramedic so laurie and uh, michael have a fight in at the end of h2o and she pushes him on down onto some tables and it looks like he's kind of bested yeah um but when a, when a paramedic comes, he crushes the dude's larynx, swaps clothes with him. Um, and Laurie is kind of guilt ridden after this and is in hospital. And she lays in wait for Michael to find her. You know, um, Michael tracks her down and breaks into the unit, killing the security guards. And after a short chase, he finally kills Laurie Strode. Um, Michael, yet again, goes back into hiding. Um, A year later, a group of college students take part in a reality TV show where they must spend the night in Michael Myers' childhood home, looking for clues as to why he started his murder spree. And Michael Myers has actually been living under the house, and he starts to kill off the college students one by one. One of the college students, Sarah, has a friend who is watching this online and via instant messenger, which we'll touch on in a bit, um, Sarah uh, manages to help her escape. Sarah and our hero... Buster Rhymes (laughs) (laughs) eventually defeat Michael Myers before the police arrive.
0: Right. Let's first talk about that. uh, Kevin Williamson's written change to the ending. Uh, We know that. Yeah, it was Mustafa CAD who said, "I want dying. Yeah, dying. I'm contractually obliged. Um, Doesn't matter how good the last ending Mm. was. Not happening. Not happening." Um i don't mind it i always thought it was quite clever even though it's got plot holes i always thought you know what if you had to throw this together at last minute yeah it's not a bad little twist and it does kind of work well with Laurie's kind of traumatized afterwards yeah. so they've tried
1: a little bit there and for a la yeah like you said for a last minute thing it makes sense you know it's it's the best of a botch job it and is. there is those plot holes like he has a hand why didn't the dude just take his mask off Yeah, he's got Um, a hand-free, why did he try to attack her
0: inside the van, Yeah, and why would a human survive being thrown through a window onto the... So there are plenty, you know, he crashes onto the ground, so there's plenty of plot holes there. But it's kind of like, you know what, out of most explanations that they do in horror films for why people lasted or got through, it's one of the better ones, I'd probably say, you know, for what it is. It's not great. But I couldn't put that as a pro or a con. It's kind of in the middle. It's like, yeah, it works. But why are we doing this anyway? Yeah. Um,
1: so- and I actually think with, with the intro, when we're at the psychiatric unit, the bit that I do like is there is a uh, there's a guy in the unit who is obsessed with serial killers. And you see him walk around with a clown mask on. And he's like, you know, yeah, John do, Gacy, like that, yeah. says about how many people he killed and when he was born, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, so when obviously they the, the security guards put him to bed, uh, which sounds weird to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then when uh, when Michael breaks in, they assume that it's this guy who's obsessed with serial killers. And they're like, oh, well, we'll just go put him back to bed. And and when he when he's killed the guards and he's killed Laurie, he goes to the guy and he gives him the knife and then walks off. And the and the guy's like, you know, Michael Myers killed X Y Z, born X Y Z, and has been assumed missing, but has now come back. And it's quite, I mean, for me, it's it's off the opening scene, which I mean does have quite a bit of um, cons in it, like the the two guards go and try and put the guy to to. Getting get back into his bed, yeah. And one of the guys stops off at a vending machine. It's a bit. The other guy gets killed, and in, yeah. And in this, t- in the time it takes for a guy to get something out of a vending machine, Michael Myers has been able to kill a man, get rid of the body and the blood, put the head in a washing machine. We do see the body and the blood. Do you? It's on the, it's on the ground. Yeah. He sees the body and the blood. On I don't the think he was
0: on the ground. Yeah. It's. The, I don't know why because. It, it, this, is a, this is a continuity error because he walks around the room as if he it's not on the ground. Yeah. Then he looks inside the washing machine and he didn't notice that, like he, and the head's inside there, isn't Yeah, it? the head's in there. And a minute later, you see the body on the ground that's oh, right okay. next to him. So it's a continuity error yeah. because he walks around and he didn't see a body, heart, a headless <laughs> body on the ground. But a second later, it does show a body on the ground. So well, like... it were,
1: well, they fooled me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Michael is somehow using incredible strength to hold himself up. He did the up.
0: same move in in h2o where it yeah. comes down from the which is apparently just from that but it's like really like but now wow. it's a
1: signature move yeah <laughs> I now have it's so done. much arm strength that i can hold my, my whole body up and lower myself down and yeah and, and the film itself is then we yeah so yeah. we
0: lead to jamie Lee Curtis character dying yeah which is kind of like a, it's like a bittersweet because in one way you know that jamie Lee Curtis is a, like she was contractually obliged to do it which yeah. I didn't know. I, oh, thought okay. she, I thought she just said, I'll agree to do it just so I don't have to do any more. Because you that's why she me.
1: looks so depressed in it. Yeah. <laughs> she and looks she, sad.
0: There's, a, like, there's, there's there's videos on the DVDs where she's say, having to explain why this might be a good film, and you can tell she's not convinced.
1: She's probably like a gun off camera. <laughs> yeah, J- Jamie Lee
0: <laughs> Curtis called this sequel trash.
1: I'm not surprised it is. You know,
0: and it's a trash plot line for her death. Uh, but she, I think she agreed, she just, just went along with it. Mustafa Akkad said, You, you know, you're contractually obliged to be in the sequel because of how much control we gave you the last one. Yeah. And she just went, Okay, but. Kill me if, in the you, open. if we If we can't kill Michael, then kill me. Yeah. That, you know, and that's fine. So that's why I'm kind of like, Yeah, her death is perfectly acceptable. It's, yeah. But my problem with it is that her death at the beginning of the film, the re- it's like two different films. It's like, Why is this scene at the beginning of this, the film that follows it? Because there's no real. Well, I guess connection. just to explain why Laurie's not in. Yeah. Because um, I
1: mean, the whole the the idea of going into the the Myers house and doing that, and I think once you get get rid of Laurie or you you get rid of something like that, it just doesn't feel like a Halloween film anymore. No, but I mean, on one of the good things I said
0: is that at least they tried to do something new with it instead of it being again the familiar ties. Michael's just after family, da 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 da, which had been played out it'd been played out a lot it needed but... to find somewhere new for halloween to go and it this was... wasn't it
1: this yeah i mean this was around because the time this doesn't suit
0: yeah. the tone of halloween like, like this camera yeah. style even something more slocky and cheesy like friday the 13th i would have bought it more in that if someone going yeah. through the woods and then Ooh, but we know Jersey that this woods. was just by again they're just by the the producers were going what horror films have been big oh look Witch project was Blair Witch with its project. cameras? Yeah. let's get them cameras and go around a house. Which, again, the house apparently is now, as we said before, it's even bigger. It's a mansion, now. it's been redesigned it's more yeah. than enough space to go <laughs> around ever far bigger than it was in the original. It was quite
1: small, yeah, it was uh, quite a small. It looked house. quite small, and it's really weird because there's some stuff in this film that I that I just like oh, it's just so weird. Like, they go and they go, they go underground, underground and house yeah. and now this house has an has underground tunnels and michael Myers has been eating a dog
0: <laughs> like
1: yep. okay he's eating a dog he ate, he ate a dog in the original yeah he ate a dog in the no he, he, k- he
0: killed he the eating, dog he's he eating rats though dad yeah he was eating rats that's it yeah yeah
1: and but then, it's just weird he, isn't it
0: so it's, it's established that he eats animals but it's just Michael Myers apparently is just chilling under his house now, of all places to yeah. go now that his family are all dead. He's just going to chill under. It's like a yeah. bit of a sad, like, so that's what he's going to do now. Is yeah. it? He's just going to sit there like,
1: oh, my family's all dead. My <laughs> family's dead, so I'm just going to sit here and just eat, these eat rats. rats and die. <laughs> and and the, like some of the characters they introduce are just so, so weird. Like, there's the guy, the chef guy. I mean, he's just like Michael Myers killed these people because he ate too much protein. He <laughs> yeah, didn't eat enough.
0: I mean, this plays it properly on the du- like. It plays some proper dumb college student like yeah. archetype stereotypes. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really flesh these characters out. No. It it's- almost- none None of them in fact none of them are fleshed no. out you, you know there's the, the you learn more about the guy at the beginning of the film who's the the guy in the assailant you know who you said about who lo- loves learning about killers than you do any of these characters who you spend more time I,
1: ca- I genuinely can't remember their names i only remember i didn't write down any of their names i just wrote down um, sarah got, because sarah, I don't know sarah yeah sarah um buster Rhymes. <laughs> Tyra Banks. Freddie. 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 Freddie.
0: And Nora was. Nora. Okay. I, I, I remembered remember their, their names. For some reason, I remembered Tyre Banks' name just off the top. I don't know where that came from, yeah. but Nora was stuck in my head, even though she has such a tiny part in this film. I know, and it's so. Um, I mean, so. And then that... I found out about the douchey guy, Jim, who's the music major who goes down into the tunnels with uh, yeah. Redhead Girl. Redhead Girl. You know, and then you have uh, like, the girl yeah.
1: who looks like Britney Murphy, but isn't Brittany Murphy. Yeah. Um Katie sack off. I know her because she's in a lot of sci-fi stuff and all that kind of thing. And then you have the guy from American Pie. Yeah. Kevin from American Pie. Yeah.
0: Thomas something Nichols. Yeah. Thomas something Nichols. (laughs) (laughs) That's his actual...
1: And that's the thing is some of these... Some of the kills are actually pretty cool. Like you get like the chef guy who has a knife fight with Michael Myers. Nice. And then he gets... Stabbed up against the wall. That's pretty cool. It's a nice call
0: back to Bob in the original. Yeah, the um, the girl
1: getting her head cut off when they don't believe it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the, the head crush. Yeah, the head get, gets dude the, getting his head scrunch, scrunched. That's what I've put. The de- this, is
0: the, this is the thing. I, I, I To be honest, I, I've put on my pros that, in a way, though, I would, I would call this a guilty pleasure slasher. It's like the Batman and Robin of Halloween. It shouldn't exist. It doesn't make any sense in the universe. It doesn't work with the characters. And yeah, I still I found it pretty easy watching. I yeah, was, like, a, I mean, it was it, easy to I found to str- watch, some but... of the other sequels more of a struggle. I'm not saying that this is better than those sequels because it just doesn't fit. The other ones work better than this. But I found it easier to watch because it was so far from what Halloween was at this point. It, like, was it just feels like, like watching something else. It just looks like I'm watching any old slasher film because, it again, it, w- it could have been any killer in that house. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could have been any murderer, you about some murderer, it. and it would have been the it's same michael film. myers
1: i mean that it, yeah i kind of put like in my cons i put like i lit i actually put what the fuck is up with this film and why are tyra, tyra banks and buster rhymes in this film and buster rhymes is literally so dog shit in this film and the film is incredibly forgettable like that's the yeah. thing it's 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 not to the point of like uh, curse of michael myers where you're kind of like this seems like a production nightmare and yeah. You know what is, is that? This, is, this just... is a
0: basic story, yeah, this is but it just doesn't make sense. why yeah. we why are we doing that? And uh, I'll talk about it behind the scenes in a second because there was a more interesting story,
1: ok. Um, I couldn't find anything apart from one thing,
0: yeah, I found something about uh, so that sounds far better and would have made far more sense. But I just want to finish off the any of the pros that I've got, Rick Rosenfall I mean, he's made a mediocre, mediocre film but he still knows how to shoot Michael. There's lots of scenes in here, like literally where like, where he's in the, um, in the darkness. And then you just see the face kind of appear behind. And it's like those cool shots that we've got used to of Michael. He does still know how to shoot him. Um, in like a nice way, like a lot of the shots. Even though the camera shots, it's it's the camera, like the camera sets they're using shots which are awful. But a lot of them, when they just let him be stalking behind them in the house and things like that, there's a lot of quite nice stalking scenes which yeah. I quite enjoyed.
1: We have the bit where Buster Rhymes is also pretending to be Michael Myers. Yeah, and it's like, oh man, like what
0: are you yeah. Buster Rhymes is like, a... I mean, <laughs> Buster Rhymes is like. <laughs> I mean he's kind of charismatic and he's a Is bit he? he's a bit of fun in a way But oh, let's be honest he doesn't belong anywhere near this universe he's on he he had that like tiniest bit i was trying to find a reason <laughs> to say that, um, something positive about buster Rhymes, but then he's karate
1: ad-libbing <laughs> and does not make any sense of the tone of this film it's, i know it's so fucking batshit and i love that i have going into cons <laughs> part, yeah part of me loves the fact that he ad-libbed majority of his lines like imagine imagine going from filming like american pie and being like okay you know i'm like a relatively uh I'm, I'm, I'm an up-and-coming actor i'm in american pie which is a really good fun film and now i've got a film with Buster Rhymes. Okay, all okay. right, yeah. oh, that doesn't sound too good. And you're like, well, Buster Rhymes is just going to ad lib and he's just going to say whatever he wants. <laughs> and he's just and going to try and make as many. I don't know why.
0: Why did they let him get away? I don't you know. know. Maybe because well, they it's Busta say Rhymes. They did They bought him in because apparently he bought in a different audience for the film. So one of the reasons the film made, they believe that it even made that much money after its terrible reviews was purely because it got a new audience. And Tyra Banks was massive. And he was time, all over the he? front. Yeah, he was. Tyra yeah. Banks was huge.
1: Well, she on died con-
0: off oh, yeah, on my cons list, I have we don't get to see Tyra Banks and Nora die. Wasted opportunity. I was waiting <laughs> for her to die.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for her to die, and uh, in a, in one of the original scripts, apparently Buster Rhymes did die, so I don't know why they brought him back.
0: Yeah, so we've got the lead uh, Bianca Kazlish, who is Sarah, yeah, who is a fine but blandly written final girl. Um. Interesting fact about her, her screams had to be dubbed yeah. because she couldn't scream. Which yeah. is which is kind of not great choice in a franchise that defines scream queens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to choose someone who can't do that and when then, that's yeah. a big part of her role.
1: And there's the bit where she screams and it and it shatters a glass.
0: Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what is that? Yeah. And bus
1: drives is like Bingo. oh yeah baby. rubbing <laughs> his hands yeah. licking his lips oh we found our girl it's like it's like Buster Rhymes can you just stick to a script and he just says trick or treat motherfucker
0: and then I've got I've got a, I'm for, back to Buster Rhymes in fact the speech that he gives at the end of the film about TV violence to a reporter oh, he comes yeah. up and says that big speech you know about that? You're all just asking for it, and you're you know you're looking for that violence in a sh- in a schlocky horror film like this. What the? F- I've literally written what the fuck? Like John Carpenter. This is a weird fact about John Carpenter. John Carpenter says he's only ever seen two sequels: okay. Season of the Witch, yeah, which is one that he actually had a part in. But I think he kind forgot of. this. Yeah, and this film. This is the Arc. sequel of all the ones to watch. He apparently watched this one. And he called out that, that that he did that big speech. He was like, What nonsense was that? <laughs> In a horror film talking about violence. Yeah. And he also kind of trashed um Rick Rosenfall for making a mediocre sequel that didn't fit with the film. But, be, but He was, said Season of the Witch yeah. was great, which again I'm still he was he's still at least somewhat involved. I was
1: like, Yeah, you're kind of talking about something that you tell do. That you though. were kind of. It. I mean, I, if you remember from our, our pilot episode, this was actually the first film of Halloween franchise that I watched. Um yeah and I don't know why this that made me want to watch all of them like I mean, I don't know why but that's why I think maybe that, I, I think
0: hadn't. this is actually as a horror film this would be if you don't really if you're not really into horror films and you don't know horror films it's not actually a bad like yeah beginner it's it, probably cuz I was like 12 get, 13. and then you'll get so much better from that as a teenager this is a perfect this is a teen horror film yeah. you know what I mean it is that kind of stupid kind of body parts and it doesn't really flash it much but, but you know what I mean like that yeah. it just is the kind of dub plot line that Back in the day, we would have been absolutely probably fine. <laughs> We'd be like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah but that what works
1: for me? What was the other more interesting thing that you said? Because oh. I don't think I've got anything more to say about so, this. So, um, I've talked about yeah. So the original ha- uh,
0: concept for Halloween Resurrection, uh, the original idea was actually to bring back uh, Josh Hartnett as her son. Okay. And the idea would have been that he was seeking revenge for her death, and the, they said that the twist. This is what one of the writers who who worked on like a brief draft of it was that the idea this time would be that uh john was hunting michael so he's actually seeking him down and hunting him after he's gone into hiding and kind of that kind of thing and you kind of follow a kind of slower like michael's kind of in hiding but he still comes out and still there's still a, a spree of murders around kind of thing
1: would have been interested to see
0: but as a film called halloween resurrection i would have rather followed that as a film and seen the john kind of hunting yeah then i've seen this that doesn't really make any sense of the tone at least the other one would have followed the characters still and at least been a bit of a twist on the standard like michael's coming to hunt you down kind of thing
1: yeah it would have been interesting And if they
0: had say. got josh hartner back he's a good enough actor that i believe it could have actually been interesting
1: yeah it would have, but it sounds like it would have been more like a thriller than But then I don't know. That's just going from like those couple of lines.
0: And then they were going to um, there's several alternate endings to this film and an alternate opening. Oh shit! Um, (laughs) There's Deckard, who was the messenger boy. In one version, he arrives and saves Sarah from the burning building, which makes no sense because he's he's all all the way. He says he's miles away from it.
1: And that just to touch on that, that phone that he's using to like message her. Yeah. It like like so obviously he's using as we said in the plot summary he's watching this at a party and he's he's messaging her over instant messenger to get her to try and help her tell her where he is watching on the cameras but it doesn't like come up as a singular message like as he's typing it like types up each word yeah yeah, (laughs) like each letter it's really fucking weird (laughs) and i love that that if that was your phone um yeah and um the other one was an
0: investigate investigators show up at the scene at the end they didn't find michael's body and as one of the investigators looked down into the tunnel michael pops out and grabs her with his hand and pulls her in yeah it's like a jump scare but it doesn't really make sense as a like a proper full-on ending and then there's the axe to the face with what i've called creepy rhymes okay (laughs) because uh in one version the bit when you know the bit when Buster Ram goes up and that you're looking at a little chicken fried motherfucker like, yeah. to, to Michael in the obviously ad-libbed parts of this. <laughs> and at that point, Michael actually opens his eyes and grabs him by the neck. Yeah. And um, Sarah then grabs an axe off the firetruck and... St- places it right in the middle of michael's face okay which is then followed by a scene where mike uh, buster rhymes stands up stares at sarah as if he's like licking his lips and going like oh you like as if oh you did great bit ba- like baby kind of it's, yeah it's literally he's looking at it like he's like You're about to lay part i'm gonna, I'm gonna do that to <laughs> you. i'm gonna do dirty things to you so um and finally the sequel There was a sequel intended. Yeah, I heard about that. And it didn't happen because Sapphire Cad and his daughter were killed in a bombing in a man Jordan. That's why it didn't happen. Fuck, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they were killed in 2005 in a bombing. I knew that he died, but I didn't know he died in a bombing. Yeah, and it led to his son uh, Malika Cad taking over and choosing to reboot the franchise with Rob Zombie's successful reboot
1: and flop sequel. (laughs) Which we'll touch on later. Which we'll do in another episode. But... Do you want to uh, finish off with the latest entry, my friend? (laughs) The beautiful. (laughs) Halloween 2018.
0: Director David Gordon Green. Writers David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, and Jeff Fradley. Budget 10 to 15 million at the box office. And then, oh, sorry, 10 to 15 million budget. And at the box office, it did over 255 million. So, big win. Yeah big money Myers Um, the main person playing Myers was uh, James Jude Courtney and the cameo and the breathing in the film was provided by the originals Nick Castle beautiful plot summary so 40 years after the event of the first Halloween so remember everything else does not exist in this universe okay everything except for the original film two journalists visit Michael Myers who who was captured on Halloween night not long after being shot by Dr. Loomis and show him his mask. Elsewhere, Laurie Strode is now somewhat reclusive and has been prepping herself and her now grown and distant daughter, Karen, for the fateful day that Michael returns. Karen stays far away from Laurie and most of the link between them is from her daughter, Laurie's granddaughter, Alison. Michael escapes from being transferred and Laurie is ready to kick into action. Michael finds the two journalists to retrieve his mask and information on where Laurie is, and goes on a spree with obvious bloodlust, killing all that get in his way, including several of Allison's friends. Dr. Sartin, the new Loomis, is revealed to be a secret obsessive who wants Michael to be free in the wild and plans to take Michael to Laurie to allow Predator and Prey to do battle, while also killing the sheriff and kidnapping Allison. Michael makes it to Laurie's protected household where Karen, Ray, her husband, and Laurie are hoping for the return of Allison. Ray stupidly leaves the house, allowing Michael access. Allison arrives, uh, arrives and surprises Laurie and... Oh, no, sorry, as Michael surprises Laurie <coughs> and knocks her out of the window. Karen opens the secret basement hatch and protects Allison, pretending to be helpless, but Laurie has trained her for this. Laurie returns from the shadows and together the three women trap Michael in the basement. It's revealed the house is a trap. Michael becomes trapped in the basement as Laurie sets off the gas mains running through the house that triggered to light up. Michael stands watching them as the flames surround him. The three women escape on a track. We see the house in flames and the basement, but we don't see Michael burning.
1: Yeah. And I mean, for me, this film is I, I love this film. Um, I remember we watched it in cinema And I've always, you know, ever since I was kind of really got into horror, I've always wanted to watch um, the big four in, you know, in films, in cinema. I've wanted to watch a Halloween in the cinema, like a new one, a new Friday the 13th, a new Elm Street and a new uh, Texas Chainsaw. And I think I did that with, you know, Texas Chainsaw 3D. And I've obviously done it with Halloween 2018. But I don't know, I just, this film, I think it's, it's so well done i think it's so well produced
0: it is fantastic in fact if i look at my i believe if i look at my pros and cons it's pros
1: i think there there's and a, a few, few cons yeah there's a few cons um but overall i think the the general pace of the film is great the fact that i think john carpenter and his son cody carpenter created and came back to make the soundtrack i think is great you know there's some really good really good um tracks here i i've always i listen to the soundtrack on spotify you know i think it's that good oh it's fantastic uh, the shape hunts allison and the shape burns are two just phenomenal standout tracks for oh me. yeah
0: john carpenter is it's right well, it's not just him it's this is yeah yeah but it, it's such a good score yeah it's so and
1: it really does set the whole tone for the film and i think you know the opening up where we where we visit um the two journalists making a podcast <laughs> funnily <Yeah>. enough but <laughs> when, when we visit them going to see michael in uh, smith's grove it just feels very creepy you yeah. know and you have the rest of the uh you have the rest of the inmates kind of going wild when they see the mask and s- you know, it's, just great, it's a great it. scene. It's so it's great beautifully opener. shot as well. Yeah, it looks great, and I think um, the fact that Michael doesn't really react to the mask, but he senses it, and then it kicks in with the uh, with the theme, and you see the the pumpkin kind of is it's reforming, isn't it? It's reforming. I yeah. loved it. I, I love loved that. seeing that in the cinema. Just feeling that took
0: you right back to the original straight yeah. away. The fact that it's
1: reborn, kind yeah. of thing. And I think. Um, I think Laurie—they've kind of built on the whole kind of PTSD affected Laurie, but instead of her being kind of a much weaker woman that she feels in H, you know, H twenty, in H forty, if you want to call it that, or you know, Halloween two thousand eighteen, she feels like a really strong character, and you feel the distance between her and her daughter, but you feel like the readiness that she's ready and she's waiting for Michael just feel, i think it feels so well done
0: yeah i mean yeah um the laurie is fantastic in this film in, yeah. like really amazing performance by jamie lee curtis and it is i do think it's the performance that she wanted how ha- ha- yeah she Halloween to wanted H- to, Wayne, to be um she, yeah she makes in a sense the film she um she kicks ass for starters. oh she's great man and she and the other thing is when we hit this point, it can become, like you said, it can become a whining, kind of damaged, repressed, traumatised. It kind of bogs down the film, like with the stereotype when they put it into certain yeah. horror films and stuff. Um, and here, she doesn't because she makes it feel real. And the whole film in general has a very good kind of realism to it in a way. Yeah. And it harks back to the original.
1: And I think it's shot so beautifully. Uh, you know, I think it David Gordon really Green
0: is, is like... He, is, he has been, is the closest to the original film, but at the same time, he captures the original while kind of bringing in that kind of modern day. Yeah. Like It looks like it's not gritty or grainy, but it's got kind of this dark kind of mood to it. Yes. It really does set the mood beautifully, especially in scenes such as
1: when they are in the petrol station with the two journalists. Yeah, that's great. That scene is so good. And the, when when the the male journalist, I forgot his name, when he arrive, you know, when he looks out um, and he sees that, a couple of people are already dead, yeah. and then she—you know—the female journalist is in the toilet, and he drops the teeth in. And it's fucking grim. It, but it's the
0: fact that not only that, but like the original, Michael is ever present in those shots. Yeah. So you literally follow it along, and Michael—you see Michael's car pull up, and you can see Michael in the in the yeah. ground when she goes in to, to get the key for the toilet. You can see him in the background beating, beating the, the, the hell f- out of the guy to get You know yeah. what I mean? Like he is constantly there and he is that it just really builds into that he is this like omnipresent shape that is moving through the film and i like when he's not in the mask yeah
1: and i think when he when he does put the mask on there's just a feeling you get like oh fuck and i think this they do something in this film where they keep the eyes darkened but you can just see the shape of his actual eyes of um, do you remember when like when when we were always talking about who it was? I was always saying Jai Courtney, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just love the idea of Jai Courtney being Michael Myers. <laughs> but you can see you could see James Jude Courtney's eyes just about, not yeah. enough to be kind of oh. The mask is beautiful. My favorite film.
0: mask. It literally it is a thing of beauty, and it aged perfectly. And to look to look at it, they looked at real like what does a forty-year-old mask actually look like to make sure it was authentic? Yeah. And just the lines of it. The fact that one thing that did always throw me off a bit was the eyebrows because it just always seemed like a bit of an odd feature and they're kind of faded gone in this one. So it just really does. It makes that whole whiteness with that slight grayish, obviously, but it makes it just pop in the background. So in those shots, there are so many shots when he's kind of hiding. He is the shape again. He's not
1: not human. He is just that ever-present moving monster. Yeah, And I think that some some of the kills in this film are just it's the right level of brutality and gore without feeling over the top and yeah. vicious.
0: It doesn't feel like we have we've got sorry. yeah it <laughs> doesn't feel like we've got we didn't get many kills, you get a lot of kills yeah. in this film, but they're also nicely spaced out so you don't kind of feel like you're getting one, you know what I mean, like harking back to say H2O when we had the two college friends The two uh, kids on the campus and they both got killed like right after each other when they were pretty much the main other people to die in the film. They died one after the other, and you feel like you're waiting ages for anyone else to die, and it just feels. Whereas in this one, you get a constant stream of kind of death mixed in between character development. If it's not like Michael kind of killing someone, if Michael's on the scene, you know that they're either dying or being watched. Yeah. Apart from that, it's character development.
1: And, and there's all the different and there's lots of different characters as yeah, well and there's some great kind of shots even when he does kill people you know the um the tracking shot where he walks in and he picks up the hammer and then he he walks in and he he bashes the woman's brains in and then he drops oh, yeah. that he picks up the knife it's and then li- he looks at it's picture on here
0: is like my favorite like there were two of my the two scenes that i absolutely love in that film that one obviously because again halloween 2 very similar scene Yeah to very too. similar But it's shot so amazing And I love the fact That it's like He's been locked up For 40 years And it just seems like This is his like Primal
1: rage coming yeah. out He's just going around Killing because so, he Walked out of his system He's so I think James Jude Courtney does such a good job That he, he really He's does. so still And he's so self-contained Yeah He's uh, And it's borderline robotic i think it, yeah i
0: think it may be the best performance of my yeah, because the fact he plays him a long time without the mask and in the mask yeah but it just yeah he grabs that hammer and it's just like motion it's like it is like he's not really alive yeah. in a way but he's just kind of sweeping through you know and
1: And just i think another great one is i don't know if this is the same one you've got but when he um when he looks uh you you have the woman on the phone and she yeah, feels yeah. something's oh, that wrong. Yeah, a great shot. And she's on the phone look, you know, and, and then when she walks away, you see Michael's reflection, and the boom yeah. plays, and then in, in one shot, you know, he, he just walks out the back. Yeah, you see and, him go around, yeah. round the back, you see him walk yeah. around, you see the shadows she, in the background. She closes the blinds, just as she closes the blinds, Spangs her head down and stabs her. Yeah. So beautifully done, man. So I pre- love that. And pre- yeah, and, and
0: it, it does it's those shots which made the original so amazing because it had those still slow shots where you'd see him and then he's gone yeah or you just or you follow him and he's moving and you're just watching it like when yeah. tommy doyle in the original is kind of watching him across the way yeah and he's moving around or he's watching house. tommy at
1: the school yeah
0: just going along yeah. and that like they have really carefully thought about how to do the shots and it's got to be in a large piece due to the fact that jc john carpenter returns yeah you know and, what i mean
1: and i think david gordon green and danny mcbride um, were both such big fans of the original oh yeah and i have so much faith in halloween kills and halloween ends because of these guys because
0: they're so because they got a team which rarely happens a team yeah. that were all passionate with the idea that they really like they loved the original concept and they all wanted to make the best sequel they could and you know yeah. uh, jason bloom the producer. When he was bought, like he was like the first one brought in when it changed. Yeah. Jason is great, and yeah. he straight away went instead of going, "Oh, how can we make a new Halloween film?" He went straight to John Carpenter and said, "How could you help me make yeah. a good sequel?"
1: And you can tell the love of this film, man. It's oh, so yeah. well done. Um, do you? What about any cons? Do you have any cons? I do have some cons. Um,
0: so Ray's death. Karen's okay. husband, Ray's death, I find is one of the only few really dumb moments in the film. Yeah, it's a bit of a dumb
1: moment. Because it's I not
0: just from it. his cat. It's, it's more, it's not that the deaths don't work. It's just more that, why wouldn't Laura, like, it's one of these questions where I'm like, earlier in the film when the, the two people coming for the interview were in the house, she had the door, she like had it there and she locked it and she had the key in her hand. Pad, yeah. And there were padlocks on that door. Yeah, But then suddenly Ray's just able to walk up to the door. You'd think now more than ever now at Michael's back, she would lock that door down. Yeah, I'm also not really sure, although it leads to a great scene with the windows, I'm not really sure where she has a padlocked door that has a glass window. (laughs) It seems a bit of a stupid idea as she's panned out the hint. But then again, as we learn later, she actually kind of wants him inside.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a trip. So
0: it's a bit of a trip. But still, I'm still a bit like, why would you do it so that someone could walk out you know yeah you, you know you don't yeah. fully trust these characters to look after themselves so Especially why Ray. haven't you looked at yeah and then he walks out in there i just kind of feel like maybe his death could have been more interesting once michael was it, had got another way inside yeah. of the house i always forget instead that he of dies. that Cause yeah
1: when i was watching it back i was like oh I've, I've what i do like is i think they've set up some deaths for the sequel you know yeah. so um lonnie's kid you know who's with allison at the dance, I think he's probably got to be in the next one and he'll probably die. And I was thinking Ray, the dad, was going to be in the next one and would die. But yeah. then I've just, I completely forgot that he he got killed because it's kind of, yeah, like you said, it's a non-starter death. It is. Have you got any cons? I've got, yeah. Um. So I think this, I don't know if it's a behind the scenes or if it, but it feels like a continuity error for me. And I remember talking about this to you the last time I watched it, but when he picks the hammer up, he picks it up with his left hand. Yeah. And he kills the woman with his left hand. I did notice that. Yeah. And then he picks up the knife with his left hand and he goes off. But then all the other, if I remember correctly, which I'm 99% sure I do, all the other kills and attacks that he does are right-handed. Hmm. And it just feels like it's off for me.
0: Yeah, I think I can remember plenty of ways using his right hand. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think all of them after oh, yeah. that are right-handed. Hmm. That's odd. And it's always felt... It just always feels a bit off for me because i love the track and shot i love that i never know if it's like
0: yeah yeah nick castle wasn't in it enough for it to be have been a different person
1: holding it so yeah and it just feels kind of off for me um i yeah. I also the bit with the uh police officers you know the two random police officers who were oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i like i like what happens to them you know when ray comes and looks and there's Blair. One's the lantern. <laughs> yeah the copper lantern <laughs> but the bit where they're kind of talking about um you know he's like oh, um uh, what the, about this sa- sa- vietnamese sandwich, sandwich yeah. Thing, yeah and you always have the same thing and he gets his you know homemade brownie with mousse it feels a bit out of place for me i
0: think it's a little bit of a, it's like when dr sartin sits down and they say just stay there and take a seat and he's like But I was I was already I was already seated. Yeah, it's those little I think it's a little bit of like, say, Danny McBride and David Gordon-Levitt's comedy kind of background coming through into little bits of a scene seeping through. Yeah. And I think luckily they do do stay fairly held back on that. Yeah, they do. And hopefully that remains kind of held back a little bit because those little touches, I could kind of let them go purely because it was like. Yeah, it's like little nitpicks. Like yeah. it, like that was okay. I guess. Yeah, it wasn't. It gives you a second to get to know the cops. I guess. Yeah, it like wasn't unbearable,
1: speech. but it just kind of felt a bit. It, pr- it is their
0: way that it. they get you to know little, like smaller characters quickly. I think though. I think they yeah. think if we use just a little bit of humour you might get a little bit to know that character just in a joke like that. So it might make you think more about the character for a second when we don't have time to give them any more fleshing out. Yeah, it felt... Most characters get little moments like that, but some of them fall flat and some of them... Yeah, yeah. and for
1: me, it just didn't really work. Um, And I think the other con I had was I thought Dr. Sartain was a... He was too much like Dr. Loomis. And I didn't like his whole thing where... The twist. The twist. I mean, I i just
0: mm. i liked it i liked it more and it it was a bit of a oh it threw me off in the foot when i watched it the first time i knew that i was like "Mm, i don't know if i like that um and then i have kind of got used to a bit more like it's not i don't think it's a bad twist i think on repeat repeat view and i enjoyed it more but if it wasn't for green's direction and handling of it that was a twist that could have easily derailed the film probably it would have been one of those things that stands out for people where they're like oh i just really hated that twist but then at the same time, I do like the idea that I think the reason he's so close to Dr. Loomis is because they literally are trying to show that what His would happen student, with Loomis. Yeah. Like, and I get this that. is what could have happened of Loomis because he was that obsessive in the first kind of one in a way that he could it, it kind of felt like he could have been a bit over obsessed. And I think yeah. that's what I that's get it shown there. I just I'm not He also gets a good him. death. Yeah. Like, oh the death is cool. Where
1: well, should we say favorite kills? Um I've got a little bit more Ooh, to say before
0: more? um that. Um so, I've got one or two more cons, actually. So, um 40 years. Michael only attacked once on one night. He never escaped again. It seems like a bit like, why so long? 40 years to just now say, like, 40 years. He waited, like they said, oh, he's waited all this time for me. It's like, why 40 years? That's fine. Like, I can let that go. I get it. Well, I, just I, doing a sequel. I think
1: it's obviously because but- Dr. Sartain... I just don't feel like enough happened. It did, feel, and they
0: do actually references in the film where the kids are talking about like way worse stuffs happened than five people dying yeah. in the night. So they do actually reference the fact that this is a kind of point of oh
1: shit, I forgot about all of that man. I love that stuff. Yeah, I, I love the, when you know he's in the closet and yeah, and the, the, like, the rapport between the babysitter and the that kid. That kind of thing, yeah, and then, and then wings the, on the bike. I love that. Yeah, so the
0: um, but I just felt like it's a little bit of a stretch for her to never have lented after just. 40 years and nothing it just felt a bit like long yeah. it's not like i'm like really saying it's a problem it's just like a bit like when you really think about it 40 years and he never escaped and he's still in- that feels like enough time where you'd go yeah you probably yeah. have led up by now like that's you?
1: why i understand why karen's so annoyed at, at laurie because he'd be like because Fuck she is obsessed um, and i do get why he hadn't escaped because obviously sartain sets him free yeah um but I was kind of just like, like, yeah. Like, 40 years is a long time to fucking yeah. wait. This is someone. like,
0: this is like the original. Some of it's a bit nitpicky, and some of it's stuff that just stands as horror. Like Yeah. My other point is that in the original, in the original film, as we I said before, everything is an extension of Laurie. So you, everything he follows is, like, everyone he follows is an extension of Laurie. Whereas in this film, Michael kind of feels, it makes Haddonfield feel quite small because he's literally everywhere. He's with, like, he suddenly appears in the garden with the horny boy, uh, literally horny boy. Horny boy. Uh, he's dressed like a devil. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Alison, he shows up there. Yeah. He he kind of, he shows up, you see him walking around certain streets. He shows up with a babysitter, which as I said, is a great scene. One of the best devs in the film where she's, You think it's going to be really obvious, but because they play it out for so long, and she just bangs against the door, it's just like, bang, bang, bang. The only
1: annoying thing was they showed that in the trailer. Yeah, it was annoying. Because that was amazing. Yeah,
0: it would have been so good if it wasn't in the trailer.
1: And when, when, I can't remember his name, but her boyfriend, who's also really cool, the guy on the motorbike in a spliff, like when he's like, you know, I've got I've got something tattooed on my arm, and you see him get the knife, and he's like, oh, you know what, fuck this, yeah. And then later, when when they're looking, when the when the sheriff's there, he's stabbed against the wall, and he's got the date on his arm. I love that. I feel so sorry for that. that was so cool. Yeah, I love both. I love that's the thing. I love a lot of the characters in this film. They actually feel genuine and fleshed out.
0: Yeah, they do. The the characters are very. I think that's why it's so important that they had a director like David Gordon Green who makes a lot of. lower like budget indie kind of films which are all about character yeah um but yeah i did find that little bit of uh he's kind of everywhere he's like everywhere which i kind of get and it works and it's in a lot of horror films and you know i mean but it just like it is one thing the original did better where it there's a natural kind of progression of why michael kills and now he's just kind of killing anything and everything which is fine because it's not exactly it's not the same film
1: and they are still trying to make their own imprint on the films another thing for me that just fell out of place um is the scene and i get why they did it because they wanted to explain how close allison was to the house and where she turns up but it's the scene where she just runs and there's all the mannequins yeah that just f- kind of freaks her out yeah, and it freaks me out. That's just, it just feels like a non starter, you know. It's like a scene that they just put in to explain, okay, Alison's close to the house now, so she's going to rock up. And they just had to show that. And, it's, and it doesn't make any sense because, you know, Michael's not near the house. So why would you be, why would that scene raise any tension with you? Yeah. And it just feels a bit out of place for me. Yeah. Well, in,
0: But across the board, in general, there are some fantastic scenes. The- yeah. The direction is beautiful. The writing is fantastic. the The deaths are scary, yeah. and yet they're also work and they're inventive. And um, if I was just to say my best scene, yeah, which is just because it is literally one of the scenes that makes you go "fuck yes," <laughs> which is uh, Karen in the basement. Okay, yeah. When she's when Michael's breaking in, and yeah. her and Alison are down there, and she and she's oh, screaming, and her emotion like she hits an emotion, and it just it. it it really brings to fold the fact that how well Laurie has trained her. Yeah. To know straight away to make him think they've got no chance against me. And then, to and there it. she is, she's screaming, she says, "Mom, I can't do this, I can't, I can't do, do it, this. I can't do it." And then he appears, like, gotcha. Yeah. Bam! I love that, and it's such. And then Laurie appears behind him with the knife, knife in the same way as Michael with the shadow. Yeah. And then they get involved, and, the, and it's one of those things. It's like a girl power moment with yeah. all three women kind of build into that. Three generations, but it's not done. It's not over. You know, some can put really like, oh, this is like a woman's sequel or a woman's, you know. Yeah, it's not done like that. It literally just is. It's it's three generations of women, and it's a woman. And they've all been affected by this one man one night, stalking yeah. all of this
1: one woman. It's you affected, know, the it's the affected whole their whole life, and, and then they get they they've prepared for it and they get it and I I also love um is that when you know when the house is burning you've also got the um the kind of you've got the Myers house that she's built yeah and and that's burning as well it's all burning in the house and And again just to say
0: that I love the fact that they when I rewatched it when I watched it the first time I was sure we saw Michael literally fully like Fully burning, no, looking that. like it was on that it, but is the such flames good, do not touch such him. Such a good shot when the it's flames are around him, and he's just staring. Touch him, and yeah. then we get that other shot, and it's empty inside the of there, which literally. Empty. So it's nice to see a, hor- like a horror one where actually they haven't killed him; they have left it open, and they yeah. have given a, a reasonable excuse for somehow he got out. He's got out of there, or at least he will get out of there, even if you can't see him. Yeah, and we know that that's teasing the teaser for the next film. Where the the the, the fire fire the fire brigade the the firemen (laughs) firemen are going past and Laurenette are screaming about that. Let it. Finally,
1: best kill. Oh man, best kill. I think for me um, is I can't remember his name. Horny boy. For me, (laughs) I I would. I would. I I had it as Doctor Sartain originally because I love the thing that he's saying. You know, say something, and then he just stomps his head in. Yeah. But I think just the whole scene where, um, horny boy, I can't remember, if I can't remember his name. He's he, he's in the garden. He's tried to kiss Alison. He's a bit drunk, and then he sees the you know he sees the he sees Michael, and there's something I love like a horror cliche when that's, they're always like sorry, yeah. Mister Patterson. That's quite
0: that's quite comical as well. That yeah, but it works because he's just talking you are like boy, you don't know what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, and he's
1: just like, you know, I like, oh, she's a really pretty girl and stuff yeah. like that. And it, you cut, it, I think it sets it up to yeah. be like, oh, this is just going to be, you know, not a tense scene. And then yeah, the, the motion sensors, the lights go oh, off. So good. And then, and that, so yeah, it just, and just shows us how good its stalking is. And then, and how much of a shape he just mm. moves. And then when the lights come on, because Horny Boy moves, it, you know, Michael's not there anymore. He's in front of him and then ju- and then just as he's about to attack him literally he's he's halfway through the motion of attacking him before the light turns on and then horny boy runs he gets caught up on the gate he's calling for Allison's help hmm. and he gets killed and then when Allison gets back and she sees it michael steps out and uh, you know the shape yeah. hunts Allison it's plays. also
0: cool that you see that like He'd been stabbed, but when you see him again, he's slipped down. It's gone up through yeah. his under his jaw. Like Whether that. he's been pushed through or gone, yeah. oh,
1: and just when that when the shape hunts, Allison plays. It's just so good, you know. Let's My, hear yours.
0: Um, mine is mine again. I was thinking Doctor Sartain, but I kind of decided that at the same time, it's it's quite an over the top kind of death, like which is kind of deserved for a a horrible character yeah but um i decided decide the babysitter scene oh yeah club. it might have, it was ruined but you build enough you get to know her and the child enough yeah they have the a child good bit adds good quite a good bit of humor to that scene in a yeah. weird way you get humor at that point but when she's getting dragged across the floor and you really feel sorry for her yeah dra- and it really is quite brutal
1: and the way in which yeah i mean he just slams it and oh, um God, uh, so good. there's
0: just uh one little area to touch upon So I want to talk about some behind-the-scenes before we finish. Um, So uh, following two failed Halloween sequels, Halloween 3D, a sequel that we've talked about before, uh, a sequel to Rob Zombie's Halloween, and they also were going to do a Halloween Returns, a sequel to the original two films in a very similar vein to this one. Um, But both failed to get off the ground, and when the uh, Dimension lost the rights because they, well, it had been... 14 years since they've actually made another sequel so time yeah. had run out for them um the rights were bought by mirabax who i said before went straight to Bluehouse, who then went to carpenter and um as carpenter had said recently he hadn- didn't say it after that he said just before that he kept complaining about the sequels and he said well maybe i should you know get off the sidelines and get in the game kind of thing yeah. instead of just complaining about them um originally uh when they brought in. Um, when they brought in David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, um, they plan to do a sequel to both Halloween 1 and Halloween 2. Okay. Okay. Um, but as they developed, they realised it was simpler to do a straight sequel to the original, ignore and arrest, and remove the family ties, which Carpenter always said he regretted doing. Yeah, and I quite like that they got rid of that tie. I like that honest. as well. It makes it fresher, and it's scarier that he's not. It's scary, he's just a stalker. Just a dude, yeah. And um, my final little behind-the-scenes was uh, David, and, uh, Gordon <laughs> David Gordon Green and uh, Danny McBride <laughs> did have some retcons that they were going to do to the original film, um, They such as um, they wanted to rewrite the original ending. Okay. So that Michael is shot by Loomis, but managed to overpower Loomis and kill him. And then Laurie manages to get the gun and shoots him off the balcony, but not six times in the chest because they wanted to make him more human. Yeah. Because they believe the original six shots is not a very, you know, he's, he's not going to survive that kind of thing. <laughs> Tupac survived that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tupac got shot six times. That's true. So. Yeah, 50 Cent got shot loads. <laughs> he got shot loads as well. Bit huh? well uh, but the response from Carpenter was... And he had the he had creative control to veto yeah. these ideas anyway, but he was giving them their freedom, and he just said, "Why would you want to change my ending? It's a classic." And David Gordon Green kind of left that meeting and went and took it to heart and was like, "Yeah, we we can't change just to make it easier for ourselves. We need to find smart ways around it, yeah. not just change things so that our life is easier. Then otherwise, it's not a straight sequel to the original because if we change the ending, it's not the same film." Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that is the history of our Halloween. Um, we've already talked about the mask anyway, because we said that yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's, beautiful. it's, it's my favourite mask, man. It's my it, favorite is, mask. Yeah, it is a fantastic mask. So uh, our retrospective in two parts. It is complete. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a long haul. Uh, thank you if you've stayed with us for it. <laughs>
1: um it's taken quite a long time to complete yeah um, well we didn't originally anticipate it to be quite this long <laughs> no and
0: so. we also didn't think about how long it would take to we did do we tried our hardest to do our research we watched every film we made yeah. notes this has taken about a month to put together Yeah. <laughs> it's much longer than our normal episode so hopefully you
1: found so interesting and informative about it and if you uh, haven't watched the films it might inspire you to actually watch them yes or to rewatch them maybe i mean we are in October now, so hopefully this will be, um, you know, this will be, and it's inspiration to watch it. And you could either do it like I did, one a night, or you could just binge like Sepp did. Yeah, binge them all.
0: So coming up, we will have a episode that's out much closer to Halloween, um, which will be in one week from now. Yeah, yeah, one we'll, week, one yeah. week <laughs> from this one, uh, from when we're hearing this one, and um, we are going to be talking about. Some uh some films that you we would recommend, but not your normal big hitters, your recommendations
1: for alternatives that you might not have seen. Yeah. And we've we've obviously we've spoken about Halloween in depth. So yeah. we are gotta try not to mention that Halloween one. at all. No comparisons, no, no, no references. <laughs> yeah. if we do, we'll hold back on scream yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, none of the big hitters, but um we've set ourselves a little challenge for free films to recommend to somebody for Halloween. And it could be, it could be, you know, for a beginner. It could be a, a bit avant garde. It could be, uh, it could be some unsuspecting some comedy, some comedies, but we're not going to tell each other and we're going to uh, we're got to get together and put it together. It'll be a nice Halloween surprise. So over to Bobby. Yeah, so obviously we are on Twitter and Instagram at cast at CMTH podcast um come and let us know what you thought about our halloween retrospective both parts let us know your favorite films your least favorite films what you thought about the masks all of that kind of stuff that we've been discussing today and we will see you in one week goodbye